Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. My name is Mike, and today I'm a grateful sexaholic. And I'm, first of all, I'm grateful to you, Luke, and to the Barcelona group for the kind invitation. It's always a pleasure to visit a new place, and I've never been to Barcelona before. Uh, in my student days, I was briefly, uh, I think I was briefly in Spain, and uh, I have a vague memory of the Prado, you know, in Madrid, uh, but never made it to Barcelona. So it's a, it's a pleasure to be among you. And I'm so pleased uh, that we have people of all, can I say, ages in, a, say, all lengths of sobriety and and even some newcomers. And so a um, uh, special welcome to Shlomo, Trudy, and James. So happy to have you. And, you know, if I was at my first essay meeting and the speaker was a fellow uh, with many years of sobriety, I think I would say, oh, no, no, this is not for me. I can't do this for the next 30 years. Uh, you know, I, I'm just lucky to be here today. And so that's the message I want to give you all. Yes, we are all lucky to be here today. We're all blessed to be here today. We we have, in case you haven't been told this yet, this is a day at a time program. We live the program one day at a time. But if I practice the if I work the 12 steps under the guidance of a sponsor and I go to meetings and I work with others and I try to practice the principles in all my affairs, you see then these days can lead, each day can lead to another day and another day and another day and the days can add up. Uh, but Please don't set your sights on long-term sobriety. Please don't do that to yourself. I know that I, I, I know some of you here, and I know that some of you might have this problem. Um, that I uh, I need to discourage you from that because uh, it can be self-defeating. I have to be grateful to be where I am today. I made up a little prayer for myself. I am grateful and thankful to be where and who I am right this minute. And of course, you can say, oh, well, that's easy for him to say. No, it's not. That's why I have to say it. I have to practice it. I have to practice being grateful one day at a time. So welcome to everybody. I see some familiar faces out there. And... Uh, especially glad to see Luke and and uh, 
uh, Federico and Tom, and this brings me back to my invitation to visit Europe in 2014, uh, and where uh, Federico was my host in Exeter, and I still remember that wonderful breakfast at the hotel uh, and uh, walking along the river there to see the swans. And, uh, and then uh, Indre took us tour by car uh, with Tom and Eve and well, we met Luke later, I think, and we visited Tom in Antwerpen. Hi, Tom. Good to see you, or hear you anyway. And uh, and Luke rode with us through part of the way. Uh, we we let you off somewhere. I hope you found your way home, uh, because we never made it to to Brussels, sadly. Uh, but uh, and, and eventually you ended up in Barcelona. Well, that's another story. So it's great to be reunited with some of my European friends. Um, what else? Oh, and another thing. I'm so pleased that we have so many women on the call. This is great. Now, in my home group, we have um, we've always had women members. And well, we have just one at present, but uh, the uh, and we have had several women secretaries in the meeting uh, because in my city we feel very strongly that we are a fellowship of men and women. Hooray, hooray! And when we are not, there's something missing. There's something missing. Uh, if we're if if I'm in a meeting of all men, sometimes there is something missing. Uh, and I love what it says in our book under mixed meetings that uh, what we tend to forget is that our drug is not really out there in another person, but within our own hearts and minds. And, and then it also says, our common problem is not sexual at all. It is spiritual. And we identify at the level of feelings. So I'm going to share with you some of my story. Uh, I I can go longer in case anybody wants to uh, invite me to do a, a long meeting. I could talk a long time. Um, so uh, I yes, I was um, I was brought up in this city of. Rochester, New York, uh, in the and in the fifties and sixties was my childhood, and it was a different time back then. It was a gentler time, uh, and uh, we didn't have internet. We didn't have cell phones, hard as that may be to imagine. And um, I, on the outside, I lived in the perfect family. I was one of eight children, and every time. And um, my parents brought us to church and we sat in neat little rows, the boys with their ties and the girls with their dresses. The, the ladies would cluck and come over and say, oh, what a lovely family you have. And I would think to myself, if only you knew. Because all was not well in my family. 
you know, my father suffered from rages and uh, we children soon learned to get out of the way when this happened. I, um, I used to run away to the woods near our home. I loved nature. I made friends with the, the salamanders and the birds and the pollywogs and the toads and the snakes. These were my friends. And, um, and then one day I saw two boys who were laughing together and, uh, and they were looking at a magazine. Now, I want you to see, I didn't walk up to them and say, hey guys, what you looking at? Can I see? No. I hid behind a tree and waited till they left. And then I came and stole the magazine. Okay, we had magazines back then. Um, that's the only thing we knew. This was, and very tame by today's standards, it was a uh, magazine about a nudist camp. Uh, and uh, for the first time I saw what adult men and women look like with no clothes on. This was incredible. So this set the stage for a, um, my addiction. I stole it, and that became my first stash. And uh, I kept that until it fell apart. Uh, here's a hint. If you do have a magazine, don't keep it in the woods. It, it gets all wet and uh, moldy. It's not a good idea. But you see, when I look back on that, I see, you know, I was a sexaholic waiting to happen. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to play with other children. I felt I was different. Uh, I was not good at games. I was trying so hard uh, that the, you know, the ball went through my mitt or went through the, uh, through the tennis racket. I didn't know how to do this. It wasn't fun for me. I didn't know what fun was. I didn't know how to have fun. So now we must fast forward because our time is so limited. And um, the uh, I continued to use what pornography I could find. Uh, very, uh, we had a magazine called Family Circle, and it had uh, it had occasional underwear ads, and that was it. So not very exciting, but this was all I had. I, I, I believe that I nurtured my obsession. I nurtured it from a young age. I developed it. And um, this became my first way of life. Lust became my first way of life. It, uh, I got to the point where, uh, as a young man, I would wake up and think, how will I get my lust fixed today? Where will I get my pornography? Uh, whom can I act out with? Uh, all of these things. And then through the day, I would be snapping photos with my eyes, uh, everywhere I went to use these images later uh, with my masturbation. And hardly a day went by when I, when I didn't practice it. So 
I, you see, I practiced my addiction. I nurtured it. Uh, our father, Roy K., may he always be blessed, uh, used to talk about the lust virus. And he said that children can be particularly susceptible. That was true for me. And once I had this germ, this virus, I, I incubated it for years and years. Uh, and it, but it was to burst out in, with terrifying fury, as our white book says, later on. Um, my darkest hours were uh, when, as a young man, I worked um, an afternoon and evening shift, and I got out of work around 11 o'clock at night. But now I'm ready to play. Now I'm ready to socialize, but everything is closed. What shall I do? Well, what does any good sexaholic do? He drives up and down the streets of his city looking for someone to act out with. And uh, we, uh, we use the word cruising for that. And um, when I think back on that, I remember that there were many nights when I prayed to God to let me, just let me go home. Let me go home. But I couldn't go home. I had to go out cruising one more time. So in my introduction, in my home group, uh, and we invite you all to come and visit us. It's late for the folks in, uh, for the folks in Europe, it's at 7 p.m. on a Monday night. Uh, please let me know and I'll send you the invitation. In my home group, um, normally we give an introduction and we say what well, we're powerless over. And so when I do that, I have to say I'm powerless over anonymous sex. Sex with strangers, same sex acting out, all of that. And when I say this at a meeting, you know, a normal person would say, oh, that's disgusting. Get away from me. But what we say to each other is welcome, welcome out. And that is, um, that is so powerful for me, the welcome that I get from you people and I say the acceptance that I get that enables me to trust in a higher power, to trust in recovery and to stay sober one more day. So how did I get to SA? Well, um, I was on a trip, and I and as a matter of fact, it was in Europe, and I had made. Um, well, let's see. I, I think I had to backtrack. Uh, how much more time have I got, Luke? Ten minutes. Okay. Well. Um, Eventually I got here and I, um, but when they met me at the restaurant and they asked me, you know, they told me about uh, and I said, well, is this what you want? I said, well, sure, it's what I wanted, but I, I just can't, I just can't do it. 
And they said, oh, don't worry about that. We'll help you. And that's what happened. Um, I eventually got a sponsor. If you don't have a sponsor, now please get one at the end of this meeting. And uh, perhaps you can indicate to the um, to the host that you're looking for a sponsor and he can help set that up. Uh, please don't wait. Uh, I waited several months. This was not a good idea. We see so many people get discouraged and leave because they don't have the help of a sponsor. And what our book says, if you don't know what a sponsor is, and of course I didn't, our book tells us it's a friend on the program to help me work the steps. A friend on the program to help me work the steps. And boy, did I need a friend. So my first sponsor's name was Michael, and um, he... Uh, he took me through the the first nine steps of SA, and then sadly, uh, he hit the wall, um, lost his sobriety, left SA, and left left town all in about a week. At that moment, I thought, well, now what should I do? I've got what hope is there for me if my hero can't stay sober. If my hero throws in the towel, what what hope is there for me? And um, so I spent about a week outside of SA. Of course, they didn't know I had left because I never told anyone, but I left SA. Of course, I came back because here I am. But uh, that was a hard time for me. I had to come back. I had to find another sponsor. I had to work the steps all over again. I told my second sponsor, don't, you know, it's, it'll be easy because I've already done my steps. And he said, that's what you think. So we, of course, we had to do them all again. Um, in my last few minutes, I, I want to talk about, I, I told Luke I would talk about the idea of um, a way of life. And uh, if you have a white book, then you've already uh then you're already familiar with that because there are so many places in which a white book talks about a way of life. I love this line in the um, in the solution. All this was scary. We couldn't see the path ahead, except that others had gone that way before. Each new step of surrender felt it would be off the edge into oblivion. But we could, we took it, and instead of killing us, surrender was killing the obsession. We had stepped into the light, into a whole new way of life, and so it has proved for me. Uh, today, I get to spend a lot of my time trying to carry the message uh, to other sexaholics. Uh, last year, I stepped out from my last. Uh, international service position on the buddy list. And since then, I've been able to um, have um, to work with other sexaholics every day. And that is a great joy for me. In the Zoom era, I, can, I have sponsored people from all over the world. I should say I have 
tried to carry the message because that's what our 12th step says. We tried to carry the message. Uh, and that's all I can pretend to. Uh, I, I cannot confer sobriety much as at times I would like to, but um, that's between the other fellow and God. It's not for me to do. Um, another quote about the way of life that I love is from the spiritual process, and it's on page 57. And if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling like this can't work for you, uh, I invite you to take a look at the four promises of essay recovery on page 57. Only those who, only for those who want recovery, is there any hope at all? And to such, we offer great hope. One, release from the power of addiction. Two, loss of guilt and shame. Three, power over wrong and freedom to do right. And four, ability to live comfortably with ourselves, with others, and with God. This is precisely what the fellowship of the steps will do when we make it way of life. The fellowship of the steps. I love that expression. It incorporates the two halves of the program, which are the, you know, the 12 steps. And of course, the fellowship, which today is all of you. And I think I must be uh, running very close to the end. And so uh, I've got a, a whole other five minutes. So I can give you some, um, a couple of other things then. In the AA book, there are, there are several lines that really um, have, that I try to follow as the pattern of my life today. Uh, one of them is, uh, I love this line in We Agnostics. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word. But let's back up. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's advancing creation. Oh, is that what I was supposed to be? Wow. Well, that's quite a tall order then. Uh, and that's what I try to do today. I would love to be that. I don't know if I can be a, a spearhead, but, uh, but I will try. Now, I also wrote something else down, but can't find where I wrote it. That's the problem, you know, when you, when you over-prepare. Uh, another thing it said in the, a, in the AA book is, it tells me what my job is today. And this is from working with others on page 102. Your job now is to be at the place where you can be of maximum helpfulness to others. Well, I know that there are people who are of maximum helpfulness of others who serve on the SA Board of Trustees. Uh, but really, I think that I 
my, I see it's getting dark in Barcelona. The, um, I choose to be of helpfulness in working one-on-one with other sexaholics. And that's, this is what gives me joy today. Uh, so, and of course, in our vision for you, it says, ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. And I, and of course, if you're a woman, it would be the woman who is still sick. And I take that very seriously. And I follow that. Uh, I've been very lucky because I've been uh, gifted with being the phone contact person for the New England region while they're putting their intergroup together. And so every day I get to um, see what I can do for the man who is still sick by calling to see if there's a message on the information line. And sometimes there is. Uh, And I love that. I just want to end with um, a few lines that uh, that I first read when I visited Dr. Bob's house in Akron, Ohio, um, and it was on the it was on the wall uh, on a, in a plaque above his desk. No, I don't know if the plaque was Dr. Bob's or if it was placed there since. But the words spoke to me. You see, I never knew who God was. I never knew who I was. I hated Michael. I wanted to be anybody but me. And so I could not have God in my life. Today, I'm coming to love myself in the same measure as I had come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And I owe it all to you. And this is... And this is uh, just a short poem that, that says all that for me. I sought my God, and he eluded me. I sought my soul, and it I could not see. I sought, I sought my brother and my sister, and I found all three. Thank you for inviting me to your meeting. Thank you for listening to my story. Thank you for helping me stay sober one more day. Thank you, Mike. And uh, ciao, Mike. Good to see you, as always. And um, yeah, you know, I I tend to ask questions first in a meeting because uh, I'm actually very shy. So uh, my sponsor suggested uh, many years ago, when you want to share, share first. (laughs) So, or as close as possible to first. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for your share. Um, and um, I related to a hell of a lot of that. Uh, I had just one question. So you talked about sponsorship. You sponsor people from all over the world. Um, I'm aware that, you know, I've, I currently have a few sponsees. I've pretty much only ever done sponsorship by telephone. And uh, my sponsor, you know, my sponsor has been my sponsor for uh, 10, 11 years that's been by telephone mostly apart from step five, which we always do face to face, uh, which requires me to travel, which is fine. 
Uh, and but I'm, but sometimes when I go to my local home group, I just realize that we've all got sponsors elsewhere, but we could be sponsoring our newcomers, but we don't. We tend to direct them to a phone list or, a, you know, maybe it used to be the buddy list or whatever. And um, do you have any comments on that or any experience about face-to-face versus, uh, you know, telephone sponsorship? Uh, thank you, Fede. Grazie, amico. Uh, so nice to see you. Uh, thank you for all the good work that you do, uh, especially with the Italians, with the Italian friends. Um, you know, I don't know what's the best way to sponsor. I don't. I, if I had a formula that always worked, I would be sure to share it. Um, I know that for me to have a sponsor in my own city, that I could see at other meetings that I could, uh, and of course, when we were meeting face-to-face, you know, rub up against and uh, go out for coffee with uh, and do the steps face-to-face with. That's my experience, and that's what I would wish for all of you, uh, if it's possible. The only thing is, sometimes it's not possible, and especially where um, the meetings are small, or there's not a lot of available sponsors. You know, people do have to look elsewhere. I've had the the experience of sponsoring people at distance and then finally saying to them, you know, I think you need to find a sponsor in your city or at least in your time zone whom you can call when you need to um, because we don't seem to be getting anywhere. So. Um, that's kind of the best I can do. I think that faced um, what the big book says, you know, the, the, uh, at the, uh, at the end of Bill's story where he talks about um, the face-to-face talk with my sponsor in my kitchen has rippled out across the world. And I really think that that is the ideal. However, does this mean that God cannot work miracles through Skype, Zoom, and telephone? Absolutely not. Because as our dear founder used to say, uh, we have an impossible program, but that's okay because we have the God of the impossible. I hope that helps. Let's talk to you and me. Thank you, Mike. Lee, Lee, please go ahead. Hi, my name's Lee. I'm a real sexaholic. And uh, just wanted to say, Mike, uh, you had me from the first few words of your story. Uh, and I was in because I grew up in a country near wooded areas and spent much of my life playing in the woods. and. Uh, I also stole my first magazine and I hid it in the woods and found out that it came apart and uh, that was not good. And so I retreated to ladies magazines uh, with underwear ads. So uh, we were right there together. Uh, The observation I have is that today, even with that history, uh, when I want to meet God, I go into nature. It is where I'm spoken to the best. It's where I can meditate the best. 
And I didn't know whether you had trauma from nature or connection to nature. Mine happened to be God overwhelmed the lust that hid there. So uh, how is your uh, connection with nature after that trauma? That's what I well, Thank you so much, Lee. Can I ask where you live? I, I'm from Nashville. And uh, I, I I grew up in, I I grew up in Memphis, but okay. I lived in Nashville for many years and okay. I, uh, came into SA in 1986. Marvelous, marvelous. Um, yes, uh, yes, we identify in many ways. Uh, yes, nature is very important to me. I. Um, no, it was not a, uh, a trauma at all. In fact, they were, you know, that was where I found um, the uh, my friends, where I felt at peace, and that is where I go to find peace today. I, um, what I have discovered in the, my years in sobriety is um, flowers, and today I grow daylilies and I'm a hybridizer of daylilies and I one way I'm advancing uh, a spearhead of God's advancing creation is creating new varieties to share with the world so uh, we can talk more about that that's a fascinating subject yes I believe that for me uh, the God I understand is part of the the poisoning growth of of nature Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Lee. Very nice. Thank you, Mike. Akiva, please go ahead. Hi, guys. I'm Akiva Sixaholic. Um, thank you very much, Mike, for your share. I could really identify with the idea of stealing and that disease has the common price of lying. And that, that first picture that I stole from my parents' closet uh, with a picture of my mother and her friends at some kind of events that were not necessarily kid appropriate. Um, I had them for probably six years until they disintegrated. Um, and I, I grew up in Ukraine, so it wasn't, you know, I grew up the dial-up internet when it was, you know, pictures loaded for an hour. Um, so I could very much relate to that loss has to do with nothing with the form it takes, it's as, just as toxic for a sexaholic. I have two questions for you. Um, Mike, one question is, I often pick up sponsees from Russian-speaking groups. And a lot of times they already have gone through a bunch of sponsors and uh, they slipped or, you know, they started steps. Um, I remember when I was at my first convention in Newark in 2008, um, there was a questionnaire over there and, you know, at which step are you mo like most likely slipped? And it was either four or nine. Isn't it an indicator that the four or nine was not worked properly or they were like, I understand the first or first, you know, the first step, but reworking the ninth step. I mean, you sound like a very gentle sponsor, which is my second question. It sounds like you're sponsoring in a very gentle way. What your sponsor did to you by making you work first through nine again. That's it sounds tight. a little bit cruel to me. Um, I just wanted to, like, would you do it to your sponsee now? Like, oh, heavens. Well, I hope that no sponsor is ever cruel. That would certainly defeat the purpose. I, um, 
Because it's interesting, we're talking about the we're talking about the nature of God earlier, and um, if we say in our sacred tradition, uh, a loving God, as He may express Himself in our group conscience, then I think it's up to me as a sponsor to reflect that, um, and lest the uh, the newcomer think. Oh well, I guess God's not very loving after all. You know, here's this uh, sponsor behaving like this. Um, so um, yes, and and then okay, it's a little a little confusing your your two questions at once. But to the first question, uh, the steps four and nine. Yes, that's my experience too. That this is where people fall or get discouraged and leave the program. Um, and, but uh, I'm not sure uh, exactly what you meant by, uh, doesn't mean that it's, uh, that it's uh, been worked incorrectly or, or, or not worked correctly. The, I don't think it's, I wouldn't say that normally this is the sponsor's fault. I mean, I do try to encourage them uh, and uh, and help them if possible um, in in working these steps. But sometimes people are not ready for it. They're not ready for it because I don't know. They're not letting God in and off. They're not. Um, there's something that they're resisting. Uh, they're not trusting the program. I was taught, you know, trust the program, trust the steps. And this was how I learned to trust God. Um, but yes, I think there is value in repeating the steps. There was certainly value for me. There is certainly value for me in repeating the steps. I don't think they're meant to be, well, meant to be a one and done. No, I think there's, I think there's always value in repeating the steps. That's my, it's just my uh, opinion. Thank you very much. People with less than 30 days can also uh, raise their hands. Claudia, uh, you can share, please. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for your share. It's so good to hear you and yeah, to listen to you and I'm really touched and my heart goes out to you. <laughs> I was, I was really, it sounds so clear and so, yes, so clear what you said and, um, it's so hopeful. <laughs> Uh, and I also could identify okay. with a lot what you shared and also this being out in the woods and don't know how to have joy. And yeah, I really could identify a lot. And um, yeah, I believe in this program. <laughs> I believe that it works. And I want to ask you, how are you dealing with fear? Because my last was medic. I, I medicated 
fear a lot with my last. Fear is underneath a lot. <laughs> and in my sobriety, a lot of fears are coming up. And I'm sometimes I'm having really a hard time to, to trust. Also with these fears to, That's to, time. to go to my God. Thank you. And trust him that he can help me here. Yeah. Thank yes. Um, Claudia, thank you so much. Yes. Um, our white book talks about the three major temptations of lust, resentment, and fear. And I had to look at that and say, What? Is resentment a temptation? What? Is fear a temptation? I don't understand that. So today what I what I try to practice and what I explain to the men that I sponsor is I can ask that I can look at the fear and ask that it be taken away. I can see it as a temptation. I don't have to fall right into it. Uh, and Yes, this has been a very hard year. Uh, that's a subject for a whole other meeting. I'll be glad to bore you on that for an hour. Uh, but it's been a really tough year. I miss my home group terribly. We've been um, on Zoom for over a year now. And some of my home group friends uh, do not have the privacy at home that need to share. They only give their names. And I miss the the uh the union with them so um and there's other things as well that i miss but we'll leave it at that for now i hope that helps you please talk about these fear temptations with your sponsor and in your group turn them over to the group oh i if i can add one more uh part to this um the our last International Convention in Rochester was 1994. I'm sorry, I can't make it happen again. Uh, but at that convention, we had a man named Mike H. And I believe the, the tapes must be out there somewhere. He talked about um, having, uh, he was from uh, Hollywood, California. He talked about making a fear list and that the sponsor I immediately made him write down a fear list and then immediately after that made him write down a gratitude list. And that this was a shorthand way of, of working the steps on fear. I hope that helps. I do want to hear from other people too. Thank you, Mike. This thing with temptation is great. Thank you. <laughs> Haley R., please go ahead. Hi, Haley. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. Um, my question to you, Mike, is I am newer in sobriety. And so I have a sponsor. I'm doing the steps according to my sponsor. Um, my sponsor is um, in different S fellowship, but still an S, S, S associates as a sex addict versus a sexaholic. Is that a reason to change sponsors if it's going fine and it's going good? Um, I was in 
um, a rehab. So that's where I found my sponsor. So that's one question. Do I keep my sponsor? It's going fine for me, but it's not exactly as rigorous or, um, you know, that's one question. And two would be. Oh, can we take would, one at a time, please? Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, cause I get mixed up otherwise. Um, thank you, Haley, for the question. Um, you know, when people call our phone line and they're fresh out of rehab and they're looking for a some kind of uh, some kind of fellowship or continuous uh, what is it called um, aftercare, um, we try to explain to them what essay is and isn't. And one thing that we have to say is. SA is not all things to all people. And at least in the USA, we have many options for uh, sex addiction, re recovery from sex addiction. There is five or six uh, different fellowships. I think if I were new, I would want to be a part of the same fellowship my sponsor was in. I would want to be going to meetings with my sponsor. I would want to be learning the 12 steps as my sponsor learned them. Uh, I'm not trying to make, to send you away from SA, but that's kind of, that's as I see it. If, on the other hand, you want to uh, stick with the SA program and you find value in this, and perhaps because our sobriety definition appeals to you, in that case, I would advise, why not get an SA sponsor even an essay sponsor as well. Uh, so remember that you have options. Remember you have options. You have to, it says in our white book, our own enlightened self-interest must tell them this. And where does the enlightenment come from? It comes from the higher power. So uh, I would advise pray on this and find out where your heart is leading you. Where is God? Where is your higher power leading you? I hope that helps. Thank you. Do I have time for my second question? It's up to Luke. Go ahead, Haley. Um, my second question, thanks to Luke, is being that I'm within my 90 days of sobriety. And to add to that, I have been in SA for quite some time, just never had 90 days of sobriety. What are some ESH that you would give me as new? So I'm not really feeling the promises yet or grateful yet. I'm grateful for being sober, but I'm not really feeling emotionally, I guess you could say good. Um, what are some uh, things at ESH that you can give me to keep going um, when I feel like I don't feel good, but I know that I want this? Well, oh, that is a very big question, Haley, and that's one we could, maybe everyone could chime in on and we could talk for hours about. Uh, maybe that's one that we could have an entire uh, marathon day about. Uh, so, and there may be suggestions that I would make one-to-one -one that I'm not going to make uh, here at an essay meeting. Um, talk to your sponsor about that. Because there are uh, there are options that you can consider that are outside of the essay program. 
many of us came in as depressed. We probably all did. You know, they say alcohol is a depressive drug. Well, is lust a depressive drug? Maybe no one's done a study on it, but I would say yes, quite possibly. Uh, so uh, within the the uh, the confines of the essay program, I would say go to a lot of meetings, share with a lot of women, uh, do your continue to work on your steps, um, do uh, and and when your sponsor thinks you're ready, try to help another drunk. I don't. I can tell you that I never understood the twelve steps until I tried to explain them to another man. Uh, and in fact, I've sponsored a few women as well, always with a co-sponsor who has been either a man or a woman. Um, but I don't do that today because it's not necessary. We have a worldwide fellowship of women. Um, so uh, continue to work your steps. Talk to other women. Uh, get out and do things. And try to to carry the message of your own recovery to another drunk. It's Thank a subject you. for a very long answer. That's really all I can say for now. But keep praying. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Haley. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.